Heads up, Double Fine fans. Editor Matt Storm is here to tell you that Alex and Blake flew to San Francisco to interview current and former members of Double Fine and Two Player Productions to look back at 10 years of Broken Age, the legendary Double Fine adventure documentary series, the complicated nature of game development, transparency, and crowdfunding. Watch the 40-minute cinematic roundtable at youtube.com slash Game Informer. It's excellent. I actually just watched it. And now, on to the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussion of the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm feeling rested. Yeah. You had your staycation, right? Did you did you go anywhere or was it just you're just chilling at home for the most part. Just chilling at home. I went to MegaCon here in Orlando. Uh, went. I spent the other weekend with my parents down south. But by and large, just sort of uh, took it easy, chilled out, just mm-hmm. decompressed. You, you know, you got to do that every now and then. that's of what course. that's what I've been told. Uh. Yes, I've been told that too. I I always find that I'm too. I'm I'm a messed up individual and. When I try to take breaks or take days off, I'm stressed because I'm like, well, if I was working, I could just, you know, I'm going to be stressed when I get when I'm done with my relaxation time. And so it hinders me from relaxing in the moment. I'm working on it. I do that. And I also do the thing where I stress that I'm not vacationing good enough of like, could I be doing something else? I'm (laughs) very bad at not doing anything, honestly. So it, it takes a few days for me to sort of like give myself permission to be unproductive you kind of like this is what i'm doing with my free time (laughs) all right me i guess is this me living my life to the fullest right now yeah (laughs) Yeah, it gets really existential real quick (laughs) (laughs) no that's great well i'm happy that you uh you're rested and you're back kyle hilliard how you doing kyle doing all right the opposite of rested whatever tired (laughs) (laughs) me too i was a bad person and i worked I worked the weekend. Oh, how dare you? Yeah, I'm going to take some days off at the end of the week to make up for it. But I'm back. Uh, last week, I was recording from uh, the East Coast. I'm now back in the middle of America. Um, happy to be home with my cats. They're both next to me uh, on, on our little day bed in the office, both sleeping together. It's very cute. I feel I feel like I'm at home. So I'm happy to be recording today. Uh, and even more happy because we're joined by a special guest, Sarah Thwaites, uh, who you might know if you are a Game Informer reader. Uh, Sarah wrote uh, in the last issue a piece called Say Good Day, The Rise of the Australian Indie Game. I met Sarah uh, at Gamescom uh, last year and uh, we instantly <laughs> hit it off. We went to like a bar with a, a dancing mannequin mm-hmm. or dancing puppet. It was yep. it was weird. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, I think we play. We played. Uh, I think I put in coins to, and it played Amazing Grace and the yeah. robots like animatronically dance to Amazing Grace. I was like, "How do you dance to Amazing Grace? That's not really a a dancing song." 
I didn't see a lot of songs I recognized. I mean, I was like feeling like I need to make a decision. It was one of the funnier things that I've ever seen happen. It's like a bar full of um, German people and then just Amazing Grace on this animatronic (laughs) playing throughout the whole thing. It's like a trap remix of Amazing Grace. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be funny if that was like my favorite song. And just anytime I went to karaoke or something, like, oh, great, Amazing Grace is on again. Everyone pulls out their Bibles. Like, I guess we're in church now. (laughs) But Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time out of your evening to uh, come and chat with us. No, thank you so much for having me. It's awful weather in the UK. So naturally, any Mm. excuse to do anything else is always the plan. So thank you for having me. That's that's fantastic. Isn't that just standard weather in the UK? Yeah, I went home to Australia for seven weeks um, with my partner for Christmas. And I was just like, what? Why did I leave? Uh, hang on. <laughs> Wait a minute. And I came back and literally we, we'd we we'd left and it was a family holiday. So we'd hung out and we'd been to the pool and it was amazing. And then we landed and it was snowing and I was wearing like shorts. And I was like, you are not mm. smart and you are home. <laughs> been there. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you again for, for joining us. You're going to be uh, you're reviewing Minecraft Legends for Game Informer. So we're going to talk about that later in the show. That's also why this episode uh, went up on a Friday instead of a Thursday like normal, just because of embargo reasons. But um, we're going to get into that. I want to know, Sarah, we met at Gamescom. We hit it off. I knew that you were like talking to um, a lot of the Australian game devs at because you told me in person that you had met a lot of them at Gamescom and that kind of uh seems like it fueled this piece and and kind of was the kickoff um for this feature in the magazine what was it like uh writing this feature and and coming up with the idea and all that i think when i went to gamescom it was like very much i was there sort of more as a photographer even so i wasn't there like writing at all at that point and i i remember that yeah i was like completely not i was like oh like i would love to be i would love to do that but i'm not sure and then I went and I saw all the Australian devs and it was like, I was so like passionate. I don't know what it was. It was like, I had spent so long away from family and like away from home and with COVID I hadn't, like I wasn't traveling or oh, I hadn't yeah. seen. So it was, this was my first time away. And like the the second I heard an Australian accent, I was like, <gasps> cold, cold, I'm going, I'm going. And then someone had like a thing, a little like shirt that said like spinning yarns. And I was like, oh my God. And so it was just this like rush of like, I was homesick and like everyone there and they were just saying like slang that I knew from like school and home. And I think all of that like bubbled into this thing where I was like, I need to talk to more people because everyone there was so passionate. And like, there's like a sense of like grateful to be there. And I think like all the devs were, but I think there's just something so exciting to me about like reconnecting with home. And I thought like for people abroad, like there's so many Australians in the UK everywhere. Like we love to be everywhere. And so but the thing that you miss, like you're always homesick for that, like, I don't know, that the the humor or like the jokiness is like, it just feels to me like really personal. And so when all of that came to a head and I was like, oh my God, I have to talk to more. Um, I kind of came to this idea where I was like, I want to talk about how interesting it is and how challenging it is and how different it is because of how long this like game dev journey has been for so many of them. Like some of them had been in like Sega studios way back when, like working oh, wow. in like these like, more corporate jobs in Australia and then lots of that got pulled and lots of funding got pulled and things like that and then so many more are just like people that just like love games and just were like writing in their rooms and like you know sacrificing like personal choices and moves to to build it and I just thought it was so impressive and you know it felt personal to me because I got to talk to people about like things that felt like home which I think is just 
always cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I recommend everybody going to. Uh, it was part of our indie issue that went up um, in March. Um, so that's the sea of stars cover. If people are looking for a, an easy reference, uh, go and find Sarah's work in there. Uh, and of course, um, uh, Sarah's Minecraft legends review we'll talk about later. And that'll also be online. And, and I believe in the magazine, all that fun stuff. So, uh, go, go check out all of that stuff, but, um, I won't bury the lead. People probably saw the episode title Marcus. Hello. Uh, you wrote this this month's this new cover story on Diablo Four. Uh, I know how how did the reveal stream go? I, I wasn't able to join you two. Oh, it was, was a uh, a black tie affair. Very snazzy. Oh, All it was stars fancy. came out tonight, babe. There's a reason we you. didn't invite you, Alex. We knew you were gonna. Mm-hmm mess it all yeah. up by showing <laughs> yeah. up with a, a t-shirt with mustard stains on it <laughs> that's me you know i'm renowned you seem like a very clean, up mustard clean stains. and kept person i just i'm just messing with you yeah <laughs> it's fine my, my only suit is blue so oh, see, that i don't have a black suit that's why i wasn't invited <laughs> right but i also noticed that you dressed down i just want to point that out for audio listeners you were dressed up this morning but you come onto the game informer show and now you're both in t-shirts well i mean it's if you do it all the time, Alex, it's not special anymore. <laughs> okay, so you're, you're telling me that I'm not worth dressing up for is what I'm hearing. <laughs> no, I'm saying you're worth an exclusive outfit. Ladies, if they, if, they, if they wanted to, they would, you know? <laughs> if they wanted to, they would. <laughs> they um, Are you the person that you go on a first date with and you're like, you judge the entirety of the date based on what they're wearing of like, this is my, my opinion of you as fully formed because you wore this <laughs> type, type of t-shirt? I don't know. I haven't been on a first date in 14 years this week. So oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. A, Thank weir- you. a weird Thank way you. to phrase it, admittedly. But <laughs> yeah. I think that should be the new way to phrase it, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marcus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for giving you a hard time. Uh, how is Diablo? Did you enjoy writing this cover story? Tell us what you learned. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and shut up and let you talk. Yeah. So this cover story. Uh, the tricky thing about Diablo 4 is that you know, it's it's been around or, or out there for the last few years. Um, Blizzard has been pretty generous with information that they've already shared about the game over those years. Um, so at first it was like, I, what is there more to say about it? Especially because uh, the launch isn't terribly far away. Uh, thankfully, they came through because we uh, primarily discussed the in-game content, uh, of which there is a lot. uh we talked about the paragon board which is sort of their new spin on the paragon system from the other games uh just basically just another skill tree that opens up after you hit uh level 50 and you can start getting more uh points to further fine-tune your characters and it basically just lets you uh customize your already fleshed out character and just even smaller and more uh specific ways uh yeah and the idea of like it's uh one of the developers described it as almost like a dungeon crawl in itself because you're sort of following these nodes and there's different skills you're trying to chase you're like oh i'm gonna go north because there's this thing up here that looks cool and then you hit the edge of the board and you open a little gate that lets you slap on another board to the edge of that one that has another sort of like network of skills and you can just keep doing that I, I really enjoyed the skill tree in the beta. Uh, I, I was really impressed with that. So to hear that there's even more of that is really exciting. Uh, as somebody who 
I always feel like when I when I play games with you know role playing elements to them, uh, the one that comes to mind is you know World of Warcraft for me personally. Um, I always I kind of tend to go away from whatever the meta is because it's just boring to me to follow the you know to min max my character. Yeah, and, you're a rogue player. Yeah, yeah. I and and so hearing that there's like all these this tiny minutia that I can tweak. Uh, is super cool because it's like I want to be like I want my character to be distinct, right? They might not be the best or most efficient character, but they're mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so hearing that they are just like doubling down on that is super exciting. Yeah, and it's like uh you know one of the different ways they want to keep you around for the long haul. Um, stuff like uh, nightmare dungeons, which only open up <clears throat> when you get to the. Uh, nightmare world tier and beyond that's like the third tiers when you start the game you only get the first two tiers uh until you beat that uh, the campaign um but the idea of uh every dungeon in the game having a nightmare form so you can revisit old ones and add different uh nightmare sigils with affixes that add like a a cool or like very difficult stipulation on top of them already having like remixed and harder enemies like one of the ones i called out in the cover story was one that basically generates like a sentient pillar of lightning that just pursues players and it's unkillable so you have to like evade that on top of just running through the dungeon as you would normally (laughs) and so that makes it fun just the idea of like having to hunt down those different sigils and uh with them being such good grind spots because you get a lot of good loot and experience points for completing them you can sort of plan ahead with a group of like hey i'm gonna use this weird sigil on this dungeon and let's just see let's just see what happens you know Sitting in there, have fun. Uh, diving into hell tides, which are these uh, sort of afflicted areas of the map that uh, spawn a bunch of harder enemies, uh, some of which are uh, bosses that are like bosses or enemies that you've beaten before, but they have like new moves and they're harder. Cool. So you kind of have to change up your strategy, uh, even if it's something that you've faced before. And those are sort of like regularly occurring reoccurring things, sort of like live events of like, oh, they happen okay, once yeah. every hour or something. And, you know, so you can, again, plan ahead with a group of like, okay, let's tackle this hell tide together and see what spawns out of it. And that has its own types of rewards. Um, I think one of the most interesting ones were the uh, Whispers of the Dead, which is a sort of tied to the campaign. They were very coy about getting into the specifics about how you unlock it. But it's a like basically it's like a talking tree you meet at some point during the main game. And then in the post game, it creates these uh, randomly generated missions that appear all over the map. And if you complete them, you get these things called grim favors that you didn't return to the tree. And then when you bring enough back, you get a selection of different types of reward caches to choose from. And then those refresh over time. So you're always getting uh, a choice from uh, something different. And so those kind of uh, like encourage you to re-explore the map on top of the fact that they hinted that the map itself changes after the campaign, potentially based on what you do in the story. Like they talked about how in the story, you'll come across zones that are inaccessible or inaccessible that will open up in the post game as well as like dungeons. I don't know what the extent of that is. <laughs> like I said, they were being pretty cagey about it, but uh it just everything they were saying like they that combined with the fact that you know this adopts the live service structure like full-on you know diablo 3 
had a good bit of that and Diablo 4 is leaning more into it with it being an online shared world with all these players they're doing you know post-launch seasonal DLCs every few I think they're saying like every two or three months they want to add um, like new dungeons new mechanics new story stuff they wouldn't call them expansions like when I use that term they were like eh, we don't okay. want to say that at least maybe not yet or if that means they're would be bigger or smaller than what you would expect of a traditional expansion. Like, what, they, what do you, what can you read into that? You know, I don't know. They specifically use the word meaty. Like these are meaty, meaty updates. <laughs> okay. You know, juicy right off the grill, as Dan Tack would say, fall off the bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> updates. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it, it sounds like it'll be maybe not as big as something like what was the um the Diablo three one that like. The oh, necromancer. God. Oh God, it just oh, flew out remember. of my head. But you know what I'm talking. Uh, you know what I'm oh, talking about, right? Three uh, DLC. I didn't even play that that long. I know ago. exactly. <laughs> mean, really? relatively. Reaper not- of Souls. Yes, Reaper of Souls. Reaper of Souls. Like, no, there you go. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't sound like it'll. At least initially, you know, this game is going to be. They're planning on supporting this game for the foreseeable future, like years and years and years ahead. But yeah, for at least for the uh, the near future, it doesn't sound like we're going to get anything that big, but it also sounds bigger than just like, here's a dungeon, have fun. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so we'll see how that goes. One thing I brought up to when I was asking them was just because of this live service approach of they view Diablo 4 as a platform more than a game of like, you know, is 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 there going to be a Diablo Five potentially? Like, is this going to be like a? Because remember, it, it reminded me of like Street Fighter Five when they announced that, and they were like, "We're just not going to do Super Street Fighter Five. We're just this is just Street Fighter going for it. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to keep adding stuff to it. Don't worry about it." And I asked them if that was like a similar deal with this game. And again, they wouldn't. It wasn't like a definitive answer, but it was pretty much like a yes. Like that is mm. you know like the, again that is the plan of like we are this is this is the diablo for the next good while like because i mean they're still i mean they're not supporting diablo 3 but like new content i don't remember exactly when they stopped like straight up adding brand new content diablo 3 but they still update it to this day um and you know they have a pretty good track record with updating their uh legacy titles for years on end so you know they kind of assured me and then players by extension to like not worry about them abandoning this game sooner than maybe you might think especially with it being all online only you know there's that big fear of like you know is this game just on borrow time because yeah it's all connected to the service <laughs> if they ever decided to get away from it it's like that's it for this game um when i asked them that they had a interesting answer where they said that um after telling me to no don't worry about it it'll be cool uh <laughs> they said they hinted that there were systems in place that would still be accessible if and when that day comes like they're like there's plenty of modes that we've designed to where yeah you can still play this game with friends after the fact again they wouldn't get specific and you know of course they wouldn't because the game hasn't come out yet but yeah that that was something that i know a lot of players are sort of apprehensive about when they you know first announce the always online requirements so if there's any solace in that i guess take that (laughs) you know however you want it but yeah, outside of just diving into sort of the in-game stuff, uh, I also use the issue as a chance of just giving a more general primer for the game. You know, if you haven't really kept up with everything they've been dropping about Diablo 4 up to this point, this is sort of a great final roundup of 
here's what this game has to offer, especially if maybe you got in in the recent betas that they just did. Uh, sort of like a, a nice companion piece to that. Uh, diving into like a glimpse at the classes and the story and again the always online stuff and you know how they plan to support that so yeah i i like to think that this is just like a good snapshot of what we know about diablo 4 as of now as we march towards uh what is it june 6 that the game's coming yeah. out yeah yeah it's Sounds close right. yeah i'm excited i am too i played both betas i don't i don't know if you, did you ever get back in on the second one beta I really that's the one I really wanted to play but I was at PAX East in Boston and uh by the time I got home I was exhausted. Right. Um did you get to play Druid? No, I did. I I was That's the one I want to play. I was stubborn. I really liked my sorceress and I kind of <laughs> wanted to keep unlocking You did that so. both two times in a row? Oh. Well, no, no. Well, my character carried over so I just Oh. Yeah, yeah, like oh, they didn't wipe. Okay. Yeah, they I could just keep I thought going. they wiped. I thought so too and I was surprised to see uh him there. I made him look like uh, Aladdin, and that okay. made me very happy. You know, okay. I think I spent a full hour doing the character. And I was like, "Do I play yet?" I'm like, mm, "I could play. Or I could keep <laughs> character. Really fine tune it. Not being able to use it in the actual game. <laughs> it's a pretty That's, solid yeah. character creator. You can do a, a nice bit of stuff in there. So yeah, I just kept. I know I felt bad. I was like, I because I was going to try Necromancer. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, maybe I could just make Quan Chi from Mortal Kombat and just throw skeletons at people. <laughs> I love that. I love that that's where your head's at. That's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, I've had fun with the game all the time. I've gotten to play it. Uh, Me too. It, the, like I said, the end game stuff sounds cool, especially just the idea that there's a ton waiting after the campaign. And the campaign, they've already said previously that it takes like at least 35, 40 hours to get through on its own. Jeez. Okay. So, no way. It's like if you if you like Diablo, they they heard you and were like, "What if we put some Diablo in your Diablo?" <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to play this. I can't wait. This the uh, I I really liked. We kind of already talked about it on the GI show, but uh, I just I just really liked all the improvements that they they're making with this, and it just feels really good. Um, I thought like the, the 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 I don't know if it was a mini boss or a proper boss fight. Like that first boss in the first beta. I guess it's like in both, like if you start a new character, regardless that first boss you get to after the town, I just thought that like that, it, that was a really good indicator for where that game's headed and it just feels awesome. I can't wait. I think the thing I'm most excited about, and we have talked about this before, was just how much more cinematic it feels. Like I'm feeling yeah, more yeah. invested in the story than I, cause I Diablo three was my first Diablo and I, I couldn't tell you what happened in that game. Like I just didn't. <laughs> care i just wanted to run around dungeons and hit things basically that's fair and a lot of it was because like and you know other dungeon crawlers have this too where it's just like the the storytelling in terms of presentation is usually limited because it's just this overhead view of little figurines with text boxes and you know you're just like okay like i'm reading it but like eh, it's, <laughs> it's not sucking me in but like with this one having you know, a lot more in-game cutscenes and just even just framing things more dramatically. It's like, a, okay, I'm feeling, I want to know more about this Lilith, and she's doing some messed up stuff. I, I want to. I don't. I don't think I like the, that. <laughs> the game is genuinely creepy. It sometimes, like, I, I feel like these top-down games, they kind of lose a sense of, like, if there's like a, a very tense moment or something like that. I don't feel it as much because I'm like so far away from it. You yeah. know. It's like, okay, I'm just, I see the battlefield. I'm just going to move my character where it needs to go. 
and I'll be good. Yeah. For some reason, Diablo, I I had to turn the light on next to my, <laughs> which is weird because it's not a horror game, right? But like they just really are uh, nailing uh, the the theme and the, and the tone of it. Yeah, it's funny you don't say it's a horror game. I was like, that opening cutscene is. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. It, I was about to disagree. <laughs> I was like, I was terrified the whole time. I was like, I'm not. Yeah. not maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, that thing had some good tension in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I felt it. Oh my god, my horse. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. The whole. Oh, I can't wait. Skin cape. The, oh yeah, sorry. That out. one. I need to... The obviously more scary one. I was like, "What happened to my horse?" And it's like ignoring <laughs> skin cave. People getting murdered. I'm like, "That's yeah. fine. I'm fine with that." Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, anything else, Marcus? We should we should touch on before we move on. No, that about covers it. I you know the digital issue is out now. Give you know subscribe. Give it a read. Uh, all kinds of other great stuff in there. We're gonna be talking about uh, one great piece shortly. And yeah, you know, shout out to Blizzard for their help putting that together. Also, shout out to Brom, who's the artist that did the uh, two cover arts. Yeah, the art's it's so the good. Art's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We we've had a really lucky streak with uh, custom art lately. Yes, and and uh, yeah, it just looks so good. Love it. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into Minecraft Legends, uh, Sarah. I wish I could have played with <laughs> you, but my uh, I was telling you before the show that I. My game kept crashing on PC, which I feel like I always have a little bit of an issue with Xbox games on PC. It's probably best if you just have an Xbox to play there. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm gonna do af- afterwards. But uh, I was I'm really looking forward to this game because I sat in actually at Gamescom of all places. I sat in on a little private uh, showing of it. I didn't get to play it myself, but they were kind of running us through, and that was when I got really excited for the game. Um, I, I like Minecraft. I I go through streaks. It's like my holiday game when I go back home for Christmas. Uh, me and my brothers will just either play Fortnite or Minecraft. And, and uh, but I, I haven't really messed with any of the spinoffs. Um, so so how is Minecraft Legends? Also, what is it for people who might not be aware? So Minecraft Legends is like a real time strategy game in the Minecraft world. It's like it's kind of a combo though. I think. It does more than like an Age of Empires. Like you're not just looking down okay. and you're like just telling people what to do. You're like a part of it as well, which is like really fun and also like a bit challenging. It's very different. I don't think I've played a game, at least in like my m- memories of like that. So basically, yeah, that, that very that one sentence description it kind of makes me think of Brutal Legend. Did you play Brutal Legend at all? Oh, it's on my list. I literally, it's so okay. high on my list because I love Jack Black. I'm just playing through Psychonauts two right now, and I got to the scene where he sings. So oh, that's like, awesome. Okay, I have to do Brutal yeah. Legend now. Sorry to derail you, but yeah, no. uh, Brutal Legend has it's like an RTS where you do go kind of get in the in the thick of it oh. too. Um, but no, I, I, I yeah, I want to hear more about Minecraft Legends. It's well to be fair, that see now I want to play Brutal Legend. Um <laughs> I'm totally derailed <laughs> in my own mind. It's like I'll put it on my checklist and then I'll come back to that. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's it's good. You you're a part of it and you get these skills, um well these allies they're called, and they like kind of do and build and mine for you around like the world. And you explore it and you mine and things like that. And it's honestly like stunning. Like it's beautiful to play in. And I love like I'm such a Minecraft fan, I have been for like ever. And I loved Dungeons when it came out. I played like ridiculous amounts of that because it was just so fun and it felt so like referential to like what minecraft is it was so cubey and blocky and sweet and everyone felt like they had a little personality 
And I think that they've like done that very well in this one. Because in this version, I don't want to spoil anything. I feel like should I, I don't want to say anything that's going to ruin the game for people. Like all the characters have kind of been like, there's some of the mobs have been like re, they've been given new personalities, different personality types that I think is like oh, so cool. compelling. Like, I'll just say one because I can't stop myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the creepers are like now, they're kind of like little puppies a little bit. So in this world, it's all peace and the piglins are like kind of, it's almost like environmental warfare. They want to like spew the nether out into this like beautiful okay. pristine world where everyone's friends and so when you're a part yeah. of the world everyone's friends and it's like so nice and the creepers are like just cute little guys and when you befriend them you can like ally them send them out to battle and things like that so it is like you really feel a part of the world the only thing that i think i'm struggling with sometimes is the like do you want me in the battle or do you not want me in the battle i think that's the only part that i think is hard because and i think that's like i don't know it feels very difficult to balance anyway so like kudos for doing such a good job with it. But I think like I get a bit lonely because sometimes I'm like sending all my guys in and it's like all these awesome things. And I like literally yelled at the top of my lungs, come on lads, like the other day when I was playing, which is like <laughs> just insane, I think. But yeah. it felt really good. And uh, but then there's times where you have to kind of like stay back and you're like, oh, I want to go blow up that place. I want to go join in. And then like your little, all your friend, you like, I don't know. I feel like a bond to them now. I don't know what's going on in my head with it, <laughs> but like, they're all my little friends and I just want them to be okay. Even though I'm sending them to war, which again, but they all go out and I'm They knew that they were signing up. Yeah. Them. Well, yeah. <laughs> when it was first being shown off, they had like, they would show, you know, you quickly building things, right? Like yeah. how, how, manual is that is it kind of like you just is it just an animation that you're watching happen or are you getting in there with bricks and stuff you so i almost wanted it to be more bricks you have there's an option to build and you can build lots of different things and you can build okay. kind of anything anywhere which is cool so it's like it's all the same function to like defend villages as it is in battles the main one is like ramps really for battles because like other things you can't really use and you like will set the parameters for where it is and that can be a bit awkward i think for me when i'm trying like I don't know if it's like a, there's just too many things happening. It's very like overwhelming sometimes and like trying to get the bridge to do what you want and to connect while like 10,000 piglins are like butting into you and like trying to kill you. And you're just like, oh man, this is frustrating. But then it builds in front of you gradually. So you don't, it's like not an immediate payoff. It's quite quick, but like there is still tension. I think when you're trying to build. So yeah, it feels good. It's like, it's almost like, I think when I've been talking to, um, like my partner about how I feel about it. I'm like, I think it's like, I want it to be more Minecraft and I want it to be more like strategy. And I don't know how to, how that could be done. So it's almost one of those like wish into the void, like probably couldn't happen things. But I think like the it, being more manual might have made it a little bit more like fun or like inclusive, maybe less like of me standing out on the side, sending them away while I build would have been cool. But yeah. Yeah. It is really good though. Mm. Like it's almost like um, I think it's like eating chocolate. Like I'm just like I'll just have one cube, and then it's like six hours have <laughs> passed. I've eaten like the entirety yeah. of my house, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I really want to play it multiplayer because uh, that I, I love playing RTS games in that kind of setting, and I, I really want to try that out. Did you get a chance? And I know that there was like the, the servers. Yeah. I don't know if they were online. There was like. Very hard to find games. Were you able to find any with other people? I haven't had a chance. Mostly solo for you. Yeah, my, I've just fair. been able to play totally solo. I know I went on and it was like, I was told like, they were like, oh, wait, times are expected to be long. And I was like, that's fine. But every time I've tried, it's just been like 
not not yeah. working so i think like if you can find someone else like in the review period with you you can do that like within your like minecraft or like microsoft account um so okay. i'm gonna try okay. that hopefully tonight <laughs> um because <laughs> awesome. it, it looks fun what from what i can tell it's like you share resources so you share resources and work together but um we'll see what that's like to play i think it would be more fun definitely multiplayer it definitely like dungeons yeah. dungeons was the same though i think that was a great game i loved it but it was so much more fun when you're like working with someone and it's all very dynamic and someone's got a better idea yeah. and you're like i've got the better idea and it becomes very intense yeah that's the only time i ever played dungeons was with other people yeah. <laughs> and yeah also that game got surprisingly hard at points where you kind of needed other people yeah definitely and i think this feels like it's getting like there's you can wander into areas one thing i didn't like i will say is like i wandered into an area and it said you're not like equipped to deal with this yet to turn around and i thought oh well I'd rather fail than like be told I can't try kind of thing. I'd much yeah. rather like fail badly, lose all my resources and have to start again. Cause it's not, it's not so challenging that like getting resources isn't so hard and like, you know, it's not like the end of the world. So I'd like to be able to, to reach the end of the world and fall off it to try again. Right. Yeah. So I guess I'm the sequencing of everything that's happening. So the piglins are, they have their base and stuff. You are attacking them. Are you, are you ever defending from them as well? Or is it, or, oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. So the villagers um, are all, this is kind of my favorite part of the game, I think. I love attacking and it's like really adrenaline rush fun. But like you, when you build and get resources, really the point is to create these like beautiful defense lines around these villages and also then your allies because they have little homesteads, which is where you get like the benefit of them and you get to, and you like free them and like make sure that they're all safe and happy. And from there, every night, so it's like a cyclical day-night thing. And at night, the piglins will pick somewhere to attack. And you kind of get this looming message throughout the day saying, like, they're making plans. Have you thought about your friends and villagers? Because they have all the chests. You want all the stuff in the chests, don't you? And you're like, I do. Mm. I do. So then I was, like, running around to everywhere trying to make sure that they're all fortified. And I think that's, like, probably the most fun is, like, this beautiful, like, big tower defense and there's, like, and as you unlock more and upgrade more, you can do more, which is like really fun. So you can get a lot more insane with how you want, how defensive you want to get yeah. with the villages. And so are you like when you're going to these different villages, are you just like running through the open world kind of or the overworld? Okay, that's cool. I yeah. like that a lot. It kind of feels like the game to be fair. Like when you like stumble upon a village, the map, it, the map is like, it shows you where everything is. Um. Mm -hmm. So you do like no, because otherwise they couldn't. I don't think they could tell you like, oh, this one's being attacked now. Um, sure. Better get to that, or else. Which I didn't, by the way. You will feel awful if you don't. Please do. My gosh, <laughs> I like. I've never felt worse when they're like, well, hope you're proud of yourself. And I'm like, oh, not. Yeah. I promise I'm not. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, it's all this beautiful open world. It's all biomes, and you just like stumble upon them. And there's like a lot. I think, and I'm not going to say anything from this point because this is way more fun. But there's so much out there, just like ambiently existing in the world that you can just stumble upon and you're like oh what the what is this and then the game is like come back to the well and i'll tell you it's like oh that's <laughs> the thing that i'm taking away from all this is like it seems like there's a lot more like world building and story than i expected and like i just thought it would be like you know an rts you're mostly thinking about menus and moving troops around and stuff but it sounds like there's a lot more going on which has me more yeah. interested than i think anything up to this point has made me it's like a lot less static than I thought. I thought it would be mm. like I have an amount of of people that gonna fight that are gonna fight for me, and that's not the case. They kind of like 
dissipate and you use this like one of the resources that like comes back or hits maximum amounts and you can keep getting more and you can change and things like that it's a bit more i don't know it feels movable it feels really like welcoming to people that don't know how to play rts games i think because like i sometimes find them overwhelming like now like as a kid i played uh, like age of empires all of those ones like to death but i think like as an adult i've i've stopped playing them for some reason and i think sometimes i get into them and i can get a bit like overwhelmed by the complications of it all whereas this feels so accessible um to just kind of like jump in and have fun and then maybe you can move on to something a bit like more complicated down the line it kind of opens your opens you up to more games which i always love when something can do that plus it's like minecraft yeah. so it's like a great like come and enjoy minecraft and also try this new way of playing a game that you may not have given a chance to before and totally controller works great like no problem yeah, I, there i haven't had any problems they have a lot of uh, accessibility settings to switch things as well that i haven't really played with myself but um they've got that they have color blindness i haven't gone through all of the accessibility settings yet but they they say they've got quite a few in there which is really good as well because rts is on consoles there's always that line of like God, i wish i had a mouse but i, I think there are moments of it <laughs> we'll say yeah, oh yeah did okay, you ever okay. play the old lord of the rings uh 360 game that was an rts what was that oh game my called? gosh battle for middle earth is that what it's called maybe that's what it was <laughs> yeah oh i played the hell out of that game <laughs> and i just lost my head oh, shit Oh, what just happened? Oh, Headphones Alex gone. lost his headset. Okay. He unplugged them. Sorry. Yeah, I have my my my. I'm, I have active feet. You know, like I'm fidgeting under my desk with my feet. Active feet. And, <laughs> and I, I don't know what the word. Is. And I always pull my headphone jack out of my headphones. It drives me nuts. Uh, but yeah, Battle for Middle Earth. Oh, I love. And I think specifically the second one is the one I played on 360. I loved that game. Um. But that's good that the the controller works mostly well. I feel like there's always when in RTS there's always going to be that kind of thought lingering in the back of your mind. It's like, is would this be better if I was you know had a mouse and keyboard in front of me? But I think it's only when you have like those double ups of things that can only be done like with Y. The amount of times when I was like, go there, go there, little little guys, go, and then they're just like <laughs> nothing happens, and I'm building a bridge. I'm like, oh. I don't want to build. I want to send my little guys. And then it's like, everything starts to deteriorate. And it's like, it can sometimes be like that kind of thing. But even then it's like, I think it's such a simple concept for this one. You're not really, the stakes aren't so high that it like ruins your day. Whereas I think like some, some of them definitely, it's like, if something goes wrong, it's like, oh my God, my whole strategy has gone out the window. Well, cool. I'm very eager to get this thing downloaded finally and working on my PC or Xbox because it sounds like it's right up my alley. Uh, like I said, I love Minecraft. And uh, I haven't played one of these spinoffs. And I, I grew up on RTS games. So it seems like the perfect time to try out one of them. So yeah, I'm stoked. And uh, hearing you say, like, Minecraft has just like a very particular... Its aesthetic is very obvious. It's all voxels. But like the lighting is always so, so good. And uh, from seeing it in person at Gamescom and just like watching trailers and stuff, can't wait to be back in that world it was exploring the biomes yeah a lot more the lighting was a lot more intense than i thought it was gonna be i think because i hadn't really i kind of like to like stay out too much if i'm gonna if i want to review a game i'm like okay i'm not gonna see too much of this because yeah. i want to see what i feel when i see it that was a weird sentence um but no, no, that's fair. <laughs> no, it makes total sense no, exactly what you mean. <laughs> so with this i was like i'll just like go in and, and you start with like a tutorial so i don't think you really get the scope the scope sorry of like how how it's gonna look and it's like sunset. I was really like taken aback by 
how because it was so blocky but it was really dynamic i just thought it was i was honestly so impressed and it's you know i mean again i'm a minecraft fan so but when i when you play it i think just minecraft or like core minecraft without any like shaders or anything on like that it looks still yeah. pretty like old school i think in a way yeah it does Whereas this definitely feels like a cool cousin that's just like awesome and wears leather jackets that's awesome <laughs> i i uh in the december 2020 i was uh in the it was well we were all in the pandemic but i was uh on this uh this shared disc or, or what, what was it? it was like a, a modded server is what it was. And so I had to install all the mods to join their server. And I had never played with shaders before like extra shaders. And that was the first time I was like, Oh my God, this is wild. Um, and so it's cool to see like newer releases kind of following, you know, in that trajectory as well. Did they ever have that? Wasn't there going to be like a huge ray tracing update to the base, like regular Minecraft that took forever to happen. Did I they think they might do have. that yet? I don't know. I, don't I remember Minecraft the video. Super closely, like it was viral. I mean, I, yeah, I remember. Like I remember. Like, oh, somebody's somebody's modded Minecraft. Uh, I thought it was official though. I think you're it was right. like, it was an, like E3, an E3 right? thing. Yeah, it was like think, super duper update, whatever they called yeah, it. Yeah, I think that got like canceled. That. I remember seeing the video. Did it get canceled? I don't think oh. that ever came out. I think they. I think they pulled it back. Huh. Yeah, I just remember the announcement, and then the subsequent years of people being like, "Hey, is that still happening?" <laughs> Yeah, I think there's so I'm many like yeah, super like, duper graphics is what have. it was called. Right, super duper graphics. Yeah, here's uh five years ago, my in E3, and I'm pretty sure it just got straight up canceled. Huh? And yeah. they haven't gone back in that since then. Like, hey, so. just kidding, ray tracing. Here you go. Just because you know you're here, like you guys mentioned, like the newer games. I know on Windows. It, but... Yeah, here, quick uh, PC gamer story: Minecraft's super duper graphics pack canceled for being too technically demanding. Moyang uh. says. <laughs> Too, oh, much duper okay. in, in yeah, too much duper, <laughs> yeah. Duper. And that story, that was uh, that was a 2019 story. So they announced it at E3 on the Microsoft stage, and then they're like, right. "Actually, JK, uh, we're gonna make Minecraft <laughs> Legends." I guess I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "All that tech, something else. Don't worry about it. You'll see it in a while." Yeah. Just, just hold, hold on. I, I know that they have ray tracing for PC Minecraft. Okay. Uh, but it's not anywhere to the level that that super duper update was. Uh, but it does make a difference. It is pretty. Um, it can get away with a lot i was surprised that they wanted to promise so much because they really didn't need to do that much for it to be more beautiful i thought like i was like oh this is cool but like even just a few changes would be nice (laughs) please don't promise the super duper just the super's fine for me to be honest (laughs) yeah like we would sell for duper like yeah Yeah, duper's great is that can i still is that on the (laughs) table can i have that no (laughs) yeah awesome um well of course uh you know go and read sarah's minecraft legends review have you put a score on it yet i know that we kind of it depends on where you're at in the writing process and if you haven't that's totally fine you don't have to say one i'm like right at the end of it it's like i think it's teetering for me between like a seven and an eight i keep going between the two because of some of the frustrations but i think that like it's i think it's really hard because you want to be the minecraft of it all is perfect but i think almost like that doesn't give it a pass on the parts that aren't great you know yeah so between a seven and an eight i think but it's one of those that like it's like definitely a recommend rather than a not recommend i would say sure sure game pass game i assume yes yeah i believe it's coming out on game pass for pc and console they say yep so they say (laughs) yeah so they say yeah (laughs) well cool um thank you for for talking about minecraft with us sarah thank you um kyle we're gonna go to you you've been playing a few games uh, you weren't able to join us last week, but in the meantime, you've played 
what Disney Illusion Island as well as Immortals of Avium. Did you go? You you went on a trip, right? Yeah. So I'm not. I'm also not just like asking that question rhetorically. Yeah, yeah. I was I was out last week and I felt like so out of the loop. Yeah. You you went somewhere, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> For, okay. So Disney Illusion Island, I did not play sadly, but I got like a like a hands off okay. presentation and talked with the sort of creative director for a while, and then Immortals of Avium, we, I went to the studio and and played the game. They had sort of a, a closed presentation where they shared a lot about the game, but then I was among very few who were actually there who got to put hands on the controller. Um, there were and where not, did you go? It was in California. It was like near San Francisco is where the studio's ascendant. But yeah, so I was there, like, which was fun. Another fun element of it was like, if you don't know, they'll we'll start with the Mortals of Avium, then I'll talk a little bit about Disney Illusion Island. But lately, especially post uh, pandemic, a lot what they'll do is they'll have like uh, pr- closed preview events, right? So they'll invite journalists to attend these uh, presentations that maybe take like an hour or something, where they show off the game, and they they do like they let you ask questions to the director or something uh sometimes they'll like have isolated interviews like scheduled separately those have been going on for like a few years now that's pretty common to have that kind of thing uh so they did that for immortals of avium and the and the the funny thing was is like i was actually in the studio and that was airing live like i was there hanging out while they were you know uh, d- answering questions on this like closed live interview after they had shown like a new trailer and they showed some gameplay and stuff like that and then i went and played the game for about an hour and chatted with um uh, members of the staff and stuff like that talked to the the creative director and all that and uh it's funny i i haven't been <laughs> talking through all this this is the first time i've kind of thought through it and talked about what i what i did i i there's going to be a big feature in the next issue that i have not started writing so i'm kind of like haven't really thought through all my impressions yeah. and have quotes uh, off the cuff and stuff like that but um, also we should say this is an fp a magic based FPS, yeah so right? they they showed it at game awards they had uh like the epitome of a teaser where it was like they showed this thing it was like there was it showed a character like walking outside and there was a bunch of magic stuff happening. And I certainly was like, I don't know what this is. I don't understand what this teaser is. This thing must be really early, right? Like they they don't have a lot to show yet, but it turns out the game's like a few months away. And what it is, is it is a, a first person shooter where instead of using um, guns, you're using magic attacks. And what that means is like you have the magic equivalent of a shotgun. You have the magic equivalent of a machine gun. You have the magic equivalent of like a sniper rifle. And, you know, you have all these different abilities and stuff. And um, sorry, again, like I I haven't really thought through this thoroughly yet. No, you're fine. Is (laughs) it like finger guns for these weapons? You have this, I forget what it's called. You have this like this bracelet that lets you do. Oh, does it talk to you? No, it does not. Um, But I (laughs) think it does. There are some some sort of forespoken vibes about the game because it's very contemporary. And even the soundtrack is very much like a hip hop soundtrack. Like it is like uh, hip hop beats against orchestration and stuff as you're running around shooting magic attacks and stuff like that. I think that's why when this game was announced, I remember very, very briefly thinking it was a sequel to Godfall. 
I mean, oh, wow. yeah, it did, like visually, like aesthetically, had a similar. Yeah, I mean, it's very different, but like, you, if you looked at screenshots of those side by side, I could see you being like, "Oh, these might kind of do these take place in the same universe?" And the and the answer is that they do not. Um, but I'm trying to look up the creative director's name, Marcus. You actually spoke to him recently because his big claim to fame is that he was creative director for Dead, the original Dead Space. Oh, Glenn Schofield? No, not Glenn Schofield. Um, oh, uh. Uh, I'm looking it up now you did a cool cool interview where you spoke with the creative director of the remake and uh, Brett Brett Robbins Uh, is his name Um, I was like oh boy and along with (laughs) Dead Space his background is Call of Duty like he did the campaigns for like World War 2 and Advanced Mm. Warfare and as a result playing the game it feels like Call of Duty with magic attacks, like in a very complimentary way. Like it feels very smooth and the shooting, the magic shooting felt really good and running around felt good. And their priority is hitting that sort of 60 FPS style of Call of Duty. And the person who's in charge of the whole project who like built the studio from the ground up has that history. Like he worked extensively on Call of Duty for many years. Um, So... I love Call of Duty. I mean, yeah, and it's uh, it, I, I, I like magic. I, 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 I was I was impressed. Like it feels good. Like it's the simple pitch of like Call of Duty, but you have magic. It's like okay, but then you play it, and it's like okay, yeah, this feels like Call of Duty, but you have magic. <laughs> and uh, and then it's it's very much a single player campaign. Um, they were very clear. There's like no monetization. There's no multiplayer. This is a story driven game and um yeah i think like the 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 sort of story that uh brett robbins was saying is like you know he moved away from call of duty he actually sort of was working on call of duty and was like you know watching a sequence where like a helicopter was shooting uh missiles at the player and he was like oh this would be cool if it was like dragons and fireballs and that was sort of like the the germ of the idea and he went and like wrote up a whole sort of universe that he wanted to pursue and like they've been working on it for like four or five years or something like that like i i in retrospect i was almost kind of surprised at how little they showed at the game awards because it's much closer to the finish line uh yeah than... isn't it rumored to release this summer yeah I, I, th- I thought i saw a headline yeah i i don't think it's even a rumor at this point i think i think we can share the release date which i don't have in front of me but uh, it's yeah it's it's later this summer but um yeah, I mean it's it 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 surprised me. Like uh, the, my question marks are mostly around the story and the characters. Like the protagonist was kind of like, okay, I don't know, I don't know about this guy. We'll see. But there are other characters that I was really drawn to. That I was like, okay, she seems really interesting. Like the woman in charge, um, is like like I liked her dialogue and her, and her her interactions with the protagonist and stuff like that. And um, I mean, yeah, it's it's the kind of game that I'm that I'm into, which is like, yeah, just a single player campaign that is very focused on being a single player campaign. And there's uh, puzzles intermixed with the sort of magic shooting and stuff like that. I had one sequence where like there's this giant like statue hand and I had to use magic to like lower the hand down so I could jump on the hand to get to the other side of the valley and stuff like that. I was going to ask what what kind of spells are you using? Like, is it all offensive? Is it like traversal stuff like you mentioned bringing the thing down? Like, are you using like telekinesis and stuff like that so you do you have a double jump um but mostly and then you have a shield that you can throw up uh to but it slows you down your movement right you have a shield that you can throw up and shoot through but then you don't move as quickly i like and the whole idea there was like they did not want to make it a cover shooter they want it to be a game where you're sort of out there and doing stuff um so it's like you're double jumping and dashing and throwing up a shield uh when 
when your back's against the wall. And then you're switching between these three types of magic, which are color-coded, uh, red, green, and blue. And then those correspond to the enemies that you're fighting. So, like, if, if a blue guy's coming at you, like, you should probably switch to the blue gun, which kind of feels more like a sniper rifle. And if there's a green guy over there, you probably want to switch to your green, which feels more like a shotgun. Uh, so that you can get in there. Actually, excuse me, it's red, to be clear. The red feels more like a shotgun, so yeah. you want to get over. You can over... kill them with any color, but is it just the corresponding color is more effective? Yes, yeah, that's the idea. I think okay. maybe, like, late game, there might be some instances where, like, you have to break through their blue shield, and then you can use different weapons. But mostly, it's going to be, like, if you really like using the shotgun magic, that's not what they call it. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> if you really like using the shotgun magic... You can kind of stick with that, right? Like you can focus on that. You can level up all your gear in that direction, but you're gonna do more damage if you try to like switch weapons a lot and do color coding and stuff like that. And then you also have like a whip attack that you can like pull enemies towards you. And I believe in some instances you can pull yourself towards an enemy. Um, yeah, Immortals of Avium. I I didn't. I really had no idea what to expect going into it. Because, uh, like, that teaser from uh, Game Awards was so short and didn't really betray what the game was. And then in the sort of presentation, they were, they were, like, sort of talking about their Call of Duty history and how they kind of wanted to make a shooter with magic. And from what I played, which was about an hour, I was I was impressed. I was like, this feels good. This feels like a, a Call of Duty-style shooter, but with cool, fancy-looking magic attacks. Yeah, it seems to be becoming a little bit of a trend between... Because, you know, for Spoken, I mean, that was a third-person shooter with magic, and then... Like Ghostwire Tokyo last year felt like that was like a first person yeah. shooter with just magic finger guns. There was that uh remember that battle royale that was just magic? Right. Got shut oh, down. So, what was that yeah. called? But it was like first person magic and it was a battle royale. Yeah. Um it was around for a bit. I don't remember the name, but I remember playing it and thinking it was pretty fun. I mean, there were um, in that sort of Doom, you know, late Doom era, there was stuff like Hexen, right? Like it was it was popular for a period, like in the nineties, but then it's kind of disappeared and now it's sort of coming back again for yeah for some reason we all just there was a roguelike indie game that was similar to that i've also the name escaped me but i played like a good bit of it i think it came out last year 2021 mm. i hate myself for not remembering his names but <laughs> that was also that was also two years ago by the way Which one? <laughs> 2021 i said last year or 2021 <laughs> oh i think he said last year <laughs> comma 2021 oh. i was like marcus honey <laughs> It's 2023, baby. Okay. Thanks, Daddy. Oh, yeah, no worries. No worries. This was not what I was anticipating hearing when I came on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me neither, honestly. This is our relationship. <laughs> is it? Um, well, cool. Thanks for sharing, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, tell us tell us a little bit more about Disney Illusion Island. Yeah, so that that was much more of a sort of typical hands-off. I think I was on, the, on a call with them for maybe about 45 minutes or an hour. And okay. they showed me a cutscene from Disney Illusion Ireland, and then they played a bunch of it. And uh, then I and then I talked to the director for a while, one on one. And the big thing that surprised I I've been into this game since it was announced because it kind of reminds me of Rayman. The first I heard of it was seeing your uh, your feature in the proofer. Yeah, because they had the uh, they was at a Nintendo Direct. I think it was when it was yeah. announced. Because it's oh. coming to Switch first. And uh, it's basic. It looks it looks a lot like it looks like Rayman, which is a compliment. You know, Rayman is like one of the best two like D platformers of the last yeah. decade. Rayman Origins and Legends specifically. Yes. Also, yeah. it's a shame we haven't gotten a third one of the that from that. Well, let me tell you about team. Disney Illusion Island, which yeah, because I wanted to ask like, like how Rayman is this game? I mean, it looks pretty <laughs> Rayman. Um, and, and you know, Ubisoft they talked to I asked them about Rayman, and they were very 
complimentary. I mean, they, 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 their sort of answer was kind of like, obviously we're pulling from a lot of different platformers and Rayman's one of the best ones of the last, you know, whatever, how many years. So of course we're going to look at that one, but it's, it's up to four player. It's co-op. You can play as Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, or Donald. And they, they all control the same. They don't have unique abilities, which is very much how Rayman worked as well as another point of comparison. Like, it's more a matter of just finding a character you like and sort of gravitating towards their animations and stuff. But like the thing, the, the, the platforming looked smooth. It, it looks good. I did not play it. So it's hard for me to say how it felt. I, I'm just going off of what they showed me. But uh, the thing that really kind of blew my mind and like, I almost wanted to pause the presentation and be like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Can we talk about this for a few minutes? Was there was one moment just in the middle where they paused it and there was like a Metroid map. Like it was a full like interconnected map. It is not a game of levels. It is a full big world. And I was like, wait, what? This is not what I expected at all. A four player Metroid. Yeah. But, and then when I asked them about it, they said, it's not, it's not so like hardcore, like Metroid is an inspiration, but it's not like they set out to make a Metroid game. It seems like it's more just, that's the sort of framework that they wanted to stick with to make a more like cohesive world uh, that you're moving around in. And then the other interesting thing that caught me by surprise is like there are some enemies in the game. Like I saw a few, but you do not fight them. There's no attack button. You don't jump on their head. Uh, if you run in, if you encounter an enemy, your only strategy is to just stay away from them or avoid them. Uh, there is no combat in the game. It is all platforming. Uh, just like a hundred percent jump on challenges. people's heads. Like if you just... can, I think you just take damage. Uh, I didn't see them do it. Uh, the one or two oh. enemies that they encountered, they just stayed away from. And then they showed me a, like a boss fight as well, where they were fighting this plant. And even that was all about just like platforming challenges. Like if it, it you know, it kind of presented itself as a boss, but really what you're doing was just trying to jump and avoid obstacles and like hit a switch over here or something like that. Oh, and, weird. and it surprised yeah, me, but like I, I, it made me also kind of excited for it. Cause it's like, it's focused purely on like platforming challenges and exploration and I, and their you know and their sort of IP reasoning was like you know Mickey's not really beating up animals <laughs> you know yeah. like that that the Mickey crew doesn't really fight and it's like Mickey will spill blood have they yeah. played Kingdom Hearts <laughs> well yeah this is like I don't know why nonviolent because like that game is he kicks a lot of butt you, in those games yeah but that's Square Enix's bizarre interpretation <laughs> that has gotten so far away from Disney that they don't even know how to give them feedback at this point I'm sure you know it's like. Well, you're doing what? Up. Mickey's <laughs> got like a king. He wears like a okay, whatever. You got it's uh, your fans seem to get it, so you guys keep rolling. <laughs> That's what I assume the Disney <laughs> emails are like to the Kingdom Hearts team. But um, but I mean, you know, it's it, the game will be made or broken on how good the platforming feels, and I can't I can't speak to that. I don't know how it feels, but like those few elements of like. A Metroid map with like a big world. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's exciting. I, I like the idea of a big interconnected world that you can kind of explore it as a whole as opposed to going level by level. It looks great. The animations are fantastic. The Battletoads game that came out on Xbox in the last couple of years, I know it didn't like re- review particularly well, but I mean, I think the animations were well liked. And this is the team. This is Delala. They, they're, they're the team that made Battletoads. Um, and then the cutscene that they showed me was funny. It's like kind of that contemporary Mickey of, I don't know if you guys have watched the more recent shorts 
that are yeah, really kind of zany and energetic and, and really quite good. I really yeah, like because it's lot. that same art style of like the modern yeah. cartoons. But they did say that they weren't like interacting with those Disney animators. They didn't like it's not meant to be an adaptation of the modern shorts as much as it's just like that's who Mickey is in 2023, which is like, sure. OK, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for this game. I, I like a good platformer. I like I like Mickey. I like I like the modern version of Mickey. I like those shorts and it all makes me excited to check it out and play it. And I kind of I like the idea of like a no combat. Let's just focus completely on platforming challenges kind of game like that seems cool. Yeah, I like that. I wonder if that's like a like a, a scope limitation. Like they're like, okay, we've got this much budget. Well, let's just not put any combat in it. Let's just, you know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not that that's a bad thing, but like a a limitation like that can kind of breed interesting results. I wonder if that if it was like that kind of thing or or what. Yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that. You know, you're so trained for platformers that at least like, oh, I can jump in someone's head or or do something. Uh, Huh, that'll be fun, especially with four players, and you're gonna have to have to worry about your friends not getting hit by things, uh, especially if they can't defend themselves. <laughs> you know, in the traditional yeah. sense, I guess. Um, that should make for some very funny moments. Yeah, I think um, like my favorite parts of Psychonauts too were the bits with no enemies. To be fair, and that's like a platform. Obviously, I don't know; they might be very different, but I think that like there's like a you can do a lot with no combat at all and i'm like a big yeah. fan of like that and i think yeah you've really like intrigued me now into like seeing what it's going to be all about yeah hey I, I i recently beat psychonauts 2 like i played it when it came out but finally beat like the last hour or two like kind of recently because i wanted to watch psych odyssey without spoilers and uh i love i like that game a lot i i don't think it would have been hurt by not having combat in it <laughs> you know they taking it out like I, I don't mind the boss battles and like seeing Psych Odyssey I watched all of it and then I was just like man that was so much trouble for something that I thought was great but like the bits that are like my favorite are the ones that like make me cry like when Jack Black sings a song and you've done all that work and you've done all these things it's like that landed so hard that like the casino fight was like fine <laughs> and I feel bad for yeah. saying that because I think it is an excellent boss fight but they're just so they did such a good job of the platforming that I almost was like okay back to the more fun stuff that I love which yeah you know, yeah yeah. I'll say if we all play together, um, I got dibs on Donald. <laughs> he was the funniest one in the cutscene to me. I, I'll i play Goofy. <laughs> I'll play Goofy because then I can be can annoying and do my Goofy impression and annoy everybody I'm playing with. And it'll, be, it'll be a good time. <laughs> can you do it now? Yeah, this feels like I think I can. Yeah, you know? Sorry, I don't know how podcasts work. How do I? Can I just. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I've got I've got state. Oh, right. <laughs> That's. <laughs> What's Goofy I was going to give you a quote from like, a Goofy movie. Sure, Mickey. Uh, maybe just yell Max like you're scared I don't know. Like, when they're going over the waterfall. <laughs> oh, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Nailed it. <laughs> Sorry, I just snorted that made me laugh. Max! Pretty oh, good, right? Classic line from a Man. Goofy movie. Max, I'm your dad. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Max. Yeah, like, I guess turning, Goofy does It's turning to like a Southern American guy. South. Honestly, like, yeah. He, I guess he's from God Alabama. is yelling. This is a secret origin story. He does, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. He's from Mobile. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I dibs on Goofy for that reason alone. Um, Marcus, take us home. 
tell us tell me about what you've been playing i know you've been playing meet your maker you also sent me a list of like 10 games <laughs> that you played on your 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 uh staycation yeah we'll start with meet your maker uh this is by behavior interactive uh yeah dropped last week it's uh free on playstation plus uh one of the free games for this month it is a uh i'm trying to think of how to describe it it's like a part like city fort builder thing and then part like fast-paced shooter but uh, you're not going around murdering a bunch of guys you're just entering these really small sort of like intricate dungeons that are filled with traps and you're just trying to retrieve stuff in the middle and then get out of there without dying so the idea is that you're <laughs> it's such a weird intro because you're being told what to do by this giant fetus that's <laughs> just oh. talking to you <laughs> yeah okay okay and i probably and that fetus is probably 99 <laughs> evil like it's, it's one of those things you those characters you meet you're like you're gonna turn <laughs> me in like the third act aren't you yeah and you're gonna say that you're the ultimate life form or something <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um yeah this fetus is like hey you need to go out and uh get these crafting materials and then we can uh use those to build our own little forts and stuff and that'll be good for this planet that's dead so you it's it's run based you start out with a loadout you get a, a melee weapon and, and a firearm and you're going through these small little tightly packed dungeons and the kicker with this game is that at least as far as I know, I haven't played like a ton, but you only you can only take one hit before you die. And so you're trying oh. to run in and out of these places and basically do as flawless a run as possible because there's enemies inside, there are wall traps, there's all these different hazards and you cannot get hit by any of them. <laughs> and again, you have to go out too and then the they throw more traps at you on the exit so you go in you find the like core whatever it is waiting at the the center or the middle and as soon as you grab it it's like all right we're gonna throw most stuff at you get out of here and when you die you have to start over from the beginning <laughs> and i will say that this game uh pissed me the hell off because of that <laughs> um it feels again i don't know if there's there's a bunch of different upgrades uh, there's different stations in your home base for like weapons and armor. There's different types of armor that you can wear that uh, sort of uh, increase certain traits of like, okay, this armor is best suited for melee combat. This one's best suited for long range <laughs> combat. I don't know if there's one that lets you take another hit. <laughs> I, I hope so because it's rough in the beginning. Like it's hard. I'm seeing on the description on PlayStation store, create to destroy, build a maze of devious death traps, Designed to lure, outwit, and kill trespassing players. Yeah. Combine a huge array of, of blocks and traps and guards. Pre-record custom patrol paths for your guards with the innovative AI recording system. Yeah. And it also says, meet your maker, yada, 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 where every level is designed by players. <laughs> well, the levels I played were not designed by players. At least I haven't opened that part of the game yet. It was just the Well, the, 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 the def developers <laughs> technically have played their own game. That is... So. That is true that's not incorrect um and i they i've only seen glimpses of that stuff like they you see a bit of yeah. that stuff in the beginning but i haven't gotten that far in the game to unlock the um, okay like i haven't built anything myself yet uh just because i haven't gathered enough materials so I, i'm still in the retrieving phase um but yeah i i will say i was just put off by how challenging it is um like the first real dungeon 
took me forever to get through. Like you get a few practice runs that are pretty easy. And then the first real one, it's like, oh my God, there's like, because a lot of the traps are hidden pretty well. Like you can, when you know what to look for, like the different, there's like wall panels that shoot darts. You're like, okay, that one, I know what it looks like. You can shoot it and break it and take the uh, materials from it. But some of them are hidden in places where like, oh, it's underneath you and you're just running. And then you just don't realize you stepped on something or something's right above you that you can't see and you just get shot suddenly. (laughs) And then because you have to start over and do it again, it's a lot of trial and error in a way that after a few runs, it stopped being fun just because I found myself having to just walk on eggshells constantly. And it it felt like I, I like I wanted to just run in and like, you know, boom, 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 like almost Doom style. Like, okay, this guy's here. Sword, stabbed him. All right, this guy I'm going to shoot. Uh, also, again, this is the first weapon I have, but you get this sort of, um, this gun that sort of fires a lob shot. Like it shoots at an arc instead of just straight ahead. And you only get two shots for the entire run. And again, there's like two enemies and one uh, maze. And then there's multiple death traps. You're like, okay, I get two shots with this. What do I use this for? And then, you know, you have your sword, but, you know, you have to get close for it. So you're putting yourself at risk. And so, like, there's a fun challenge in, like, trying to figure out how to make the most with what you have. But also, it almost sometimes doesn't feel like it's quite enough. Especially, again, in the beginning. It's like, I feel like I need more just so I can get a better handle on how shooting feels. Um, the way the controls are mapped, I'm also not super. That's big how I on play Halo. That's good. On the left trigger, it's it's good, Marcus. And you so like it, it. like you know shooting <laughs> on the right. See, I'm I like a. <laughs> I would rather if, if you either click a stick or if it's on the right trick, like the right bumper, so that like all the offense is on one side. But that's a me thing. I don't think you can change it. I remember looking and I didn't really immediately mm-hmm. see an option to change it. Um, but you can't aim uh, iron sights either. Uh, which makes aiming tough on a gun that shoots at an arc. So, like, you really have to (laughs) take your time trying to aim, but you don't have time for that because they're shooting at you and the enemies are incredibly accurate. (laughs) Um, And you're trying to move around, but also like, oh, I wish I could just zoom in. I feel like I would hit this guy. And then you miss and you're like, well, there's one of my two shots for this entire level. (laughs) So Hmm. I wasted it. Uh, I, I know you're saying these things as negative things, but then there's part of me that's like, this sounds like my kind of game. It's again, I don't, I need to play more. It's like, I can see the appeal and I got some of it the first few runs. Like, oh, okay, there was a fun challenge. But again, it's like, I think the biggest thing that I'm having a problem with is that you're so fragile. If I could just take yeah. two or three hits, because then it feels like, okay, I'm still trying to figure out where all the death traps are. And yeah, like, cause again, I'll turn a corner and then just get shot by something out of my blind side. And you're like, okay, well, I didn't know that was there. And now I know I have to like peek and see what that was and then see if I can kill it. It's yeah. It's, it, it feels like the deck stacked against you in a way where you're kind of have to go in and just do run after run after run and try to, cause you'd also, uh, when you die, I don't think you, I think you only get a percentage of the loot that you got in to take back to your base so that you can unlock more stuff. So, you know, it's a slower grind unless you're successful. So it, it definitely seems like one of the games that it, it, as a whole, it feels like a grind of like, okay, well, let me just get a few more metal scraps and then maybe I can make a suit that's better. Again, I haven't gotten to the point where you start making your own stuff. So I don't know how that's integrated into the, you know, dungeon crawling part of it. Uh, I need to play yeah. more of it. But I will say, like, I fired it up the morning after it launched because, like, oh, yeah, it's free. I can check this out. And then about an hour or and a half later, I was like, not rage quitting, but I, I very angrily 
went back to the main menu and I hit quit because <laughs> I was just so frustrated. I'm like, oh my god, like this is this is pretty steep right up front. So yeah, I, I want to go back into it and, and give it another chance. But yeah, I guess I guess I wasn't ready for the level of challenge that it throws at you immediately. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds that part sounds difficult. Well, thanks for I. I was aware of this game. I didn't really know what it was. And you describing it, uh, number one, I redeemed it on PS Plus. But number two, I might just grab it on Steam um, with a press account. Because uh, it it looks like... It looks intriguing. I'll say that. It also um, has co-op. So I wonder how it, it okay. might be easier. I don't, know, I don't remember how many players co-op. But I it just, huh, I just okay. remember now that you can play with someone else. So... Maybe that makes things easier or maybe harder if your partner is, yeah. <laughs> is getting it. The whole but... like Mario Maker aspect of it, um, where you're like building your own stuff. Yeah. And, and sharing it out and like iterating on it is really kind of potentially scratching an itch for me. And I haven't played it, obviously. But yeah, it sounds like it's, it's definitely like it has a lot of flaws. I miss Marcus. Did you say where you're pl- what you're playing it on? Yeah. This one, okay. I I have a I'm playing on PS5. Steam Deck, and I wonder how it do- or a Steam, and I'd like to play it on Steam Deck. I wonder how it plays on Steam Deck. We should uh we should check it out together, Kyle. Sure, <laughs> let's, let's stream you. it. Oh yeah, you don't play multiplayer games, do you? Yeah, you're <laughs> talking about how excited I was for a single player shooter just not a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I'll never Thank invite you, you to do anything again. My that was my fault. I apologize. But um. If you want me to do a few more quick hits, uh, I, I played that Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog game. So Charles talked about that last week a bit. No spoilers, by the way. Sounds... I want to play it, so don't spoil anything. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... Sonic no. is dead, by the way. Long live um, Sonic. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sonic has been murdered, I guess. I hear it's a lot longer than you would expect it to be. It took me about three hours. Okay, that that's longer than I would expect it to be, <laughs> personally. Yeah, I, I think I... I... I thought it was just like an hour long sort of like joke game. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's got a beginning, middle, and end. It's a it's a pretty fleshed out. And as game. as a Sonic fan, how do you feel about it? Uh it's the this is a weird thing to say of like it's one of the best Sonic games in years, purely in the sense that it's not a broken disaster and it didn't do anything that traditional Sonic games do to like anger me by virtue of not being a 3D hey, platformer. <laughs> so it turns out if you make Sonic the thing that it's, it's weird because Sonic is a platformer, but by not doing the 3D style that has always given that series so many problems uh, and translating into a largely narrative-driven adventure, it, it's pretty good because the writing is really good. Um, maybe it's because it wasn't Sonic Team that did this, um, which is becoming a trend because one of the best Sonic games yeah. beyond this is Sonic Mania, and that also was not Sonic Team. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. That's maybe a bit of a problem. <laughs> 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 but it, it's fun. It's it's like it's like playing one of the Sonic comic books. You know, if you ever read like the Archie comic series, like letting those characters shine through just a uh, narrative. It kind of reminds you, like, this is why I like playing these games is hanging out with these characters. Um, and especially in this interesting context of like, oh, they're they're doing a uh, God, what's the murder train movie? Uh, murder in the Orient Express. Express. Yep. Yeah, it's like that, more or less. Polar so like, Express. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> um, you're like, okay, s- s- someone has murdered Sonic, and you know you're doing a thing where you're interrogating everyone. You're going car to car. There's some like decent logic where you're collecting clues and you know trying to put them together. It's not as challenging as something like a, a Phoenix Wright or like a Professor Layton. Like they definitely hold your hand in some instances where you're like okay it's pretty easy to connect certain dots um but towards the end there's some twists where you're like okay i i have to think about this a bit where it sort of challenges you to remember past conversations in a way to you know when you get to sort of your final conclusions um and then there are these sequences where you're uh playing the there actually is platforming but it's like an isometric uh almost like sonic 3d blast style where you're just using WASD to just collect rings and jump, and they use that as, like, um, whenever the protagonist has to think about something, you just go into these (laughs) platforming segments, and that's how they (laughs) represent that. But those are all right. Like, I was... It was harder for me because I'm not good with WASD in general. Like, I don't play mouse and keyboard Mm -hmm. ever. (laughs) Um, I plug in a controller. Um, But those were pretty fun. They're simple. And I think that's they're as complicated as they need to be given the setup. Yeah, it's just a fun, bite-sized little thing. And again, all I ask for for any new Sonic project is just <laughs> don't piss me off. And it succeeded, I, it sounds like. Yeah, because even Sonic Frontiers, which is probably the best 3D Sonic ever, um, even that still has, at least to me, a fair amount of jank to it where... It, you know, some old problems rear their heads, but, you know, there's improvement in other areas. But this being a more laid back and also genuinely pretty funny uh, little narrative adventure. I was like, yeah, this is I would play a series of this if they ever wanted to continue this. You they want to kill other Sonic characters, beloved Sonic characters. Big the cat. I was going to say big the cat. He's dead. The fish got him. They, they got their <laughs> revenge. I, <laughs> I was trying to make a joke and I realized I know nothing about Sonic past like the name, so I said his name, Big the Cat, <laughs> and then just hit a wall. It's like I have no other information to offer. Yeah. I think you know subconsciously he's the best character. He yeah, he's a fisherman who like he has a pet frog that he's missing, if I remember correctly. Is that right, Marcus? Uh, anybody <laughs> back me up <laughs> everything i learned about sonic i feel like i it's any say people say anything to me i'm like oh that, yeah sure that's sonic they're like his name yeah. is that's right glub the chow he's a, he's garden a big right? friend oh the chow garden i do know yeah there are yeah. chows in this game. you could never kill the chows oh, that would be just there are more chows in this game than there are frontiers uh <laughs> i will say though one one bone i gotta pick is that uh charmy b is not in this game but his friends are like Vector uh, the Alligator and, and uh, Espio the Chameleon. They're part of Team Chaotix, but Ch- Charmy B is the third in that group. And it's weird that he's not there when the other two are. I, I don't understand. Charmy B, by the way, may be one of the cutest Sonic characters ever. And he's really good in Sonic X, the cartoon I'm, from like the early 2000s. I'm Googling. Charmy B. Yeah, we're all looking up Charmy I'm getting B. TikTok links. Uh, we need we need more Charmy B in our oh, Sonic. Uh, okay. That's I'm having a moment it's, of like okay Marcus cute. that's Aww. that's what you oh like okay <laughs> that's cute okay. <laughs> what's, wrong, what's wrong with liking Charmy nothing B? man <laughs> nothing you know everyone has the, they like what they like I'm feeling judged here <laughs> I think no you judgment are judged at all so it's like cute. a character who has a helmet that might be part of their head maybe I don't know it's a cute bee it reminds me of a Metabots <laughs> character actually 
Also, it has Sonic's snout, but it's a bee. Okay. <laughs> I mean, everyone has the Sonic snout. That's just how animals look in the Sonic. I, I like Charmy Bee. It's like Mega Man and Sonic, you know? That would be where this character lived. If you look up, I'm sure someone has like a best Charmy Bee moments from Sonic X. I think if you watch that and you hear his uh, cute voice and his sassy personality, you'll you'll be converted to my side <laughs> a sassy sonic character uh, i'm gonna do that right after this podcast actually you know gonna... <laughs> i see you typing it in now yeah Just sonic x can't wait um but yeah i i think it's cool i i i think it's uh again for what seemed to be just a weird april fool's joke it's I don't want to say it's one of the best games of the year, but it's up there as like, oh, what a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is actually really fun. There's maybe, there's more to this than I thought there would be. <laughs> maybe we'll make up an award for it at the end of the year, which we do sometimes, <laughs> right? Just to kind of like give a, a nice little shout out to projects we were impressed with, impressed with, you know, best April Fool's joke <laughs> about killing a major video game mascot. I like that. Remember that. Remember <laughs> right. that award. That exact title. For December, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, I think that's going to do it for the show this week. Before we get out of here, though, uh, Sarah, where can people find your work? Also, thank you again for, I know it's late for you. Thank you for joining us and hanging in there with us and, and sharing all your lovely insights. Where can people go and find your other work at? You can find me on Twitter, and my handle is Sarah Aithway. It's very original, very cool, and not my name, no. Uh, but you can find me on there, and I'll post all about stuff I'm doing and things like that, and occasionally food I eat, which is also nice. So... I post on there pretty regularly about the things I'm up to. So yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and then your last name is spelled T-H-W-A-I-T-E-S. That's me. I realized like you guys all have professional like names and mine's Thwait for it, which is like my game attack. And I was like, oh. No, I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's, I saw that and it was very good. 12-year-old me was a genius, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, cool. Yeah, go and check that out. Of course, um, if you want to go and read our Diablo cover story, um, go and get a digital magazine subscription. That's probably the easiest way to get it uh, soon. Uh, if you if you are a print subscriber, uh, that issue should be hitting your your mailbox in the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the show, uh, go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave us a rating. If you're we, we if I'm being real, I prefer Apple Podcasts. It is a big help on there uh, because you could type words out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always nice to read new reviews, uh, from, from listeners, but, um, yeah, I think that'll be it. Follow, follow the gentleman here, follow Marcus at Marcus Stewart seven on social media and follow Kyle at Kyle M Hilliard. And, uh, you can follow me at it's Van Aiken. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching. Oh, nobody's watching this. Thanks for <laughs> listening. God, I'm tired. And, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.